Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of Now We're Talking. I'm Rob Danish from the University of Waterloo, and this is a podcast about communication skills. And uh, in episode 97 here in today's episode, we're going to talk about something I wrote down as what I, one of the things I most wanted to talk about in the very first episodes of this podcast, and it's taken me 97 episodes to get around to it. Um, it's in part because it's both so simple and so hard to explain and so very important. Um, so I think that the title of this episode is In Order to Be Persuasive, You Have to Have a Vision. And when it, it, the reason I've waited so long to make this episode is because it it's, seems so obvious and so simple, yet it's a mistake many people in leadership or positions that require persuasion just fail at miserably. Um, so I think maybe the, the best way to start is to just talk for a second about what a vision even is and then how a vision can be persuasive or how to, to articulate a vision in a persuasive way. Uh, a vision is basically your big picture way um, of thinking about how things ought to be. There's an ought in it. It's a recommendation oriented toward the future. It's an image of what you're working towards. So for example, you may have a picture of all the different ways you want your neighborhood to be better. And that might mean you want your neighborhood to have cleaner streets or um, bike lanes, or you want, might, might want neighbors that look out for each other or um, are really friendly and host neighborhood parties. Uh, or you might want a neighborhood in which people know each other and actually work together and uh, collectively organize themselves together. Um, whatever the case, you have to have a, a picture of what your preferred neighborhood looks like and what you're working toward. Now, every day as you go about your life, you may find yourself thinking about all the ways that things could be better. So if you put together all the pieces of how things should be, you have a kind of overall vision, and those shoulds are the kind of collection of what can be made better. And once you put those pieces together, you have an overall vision. So you might say, you know, I have a vision of a neighborhood that's friendly, that's safe, and that's clean, and where everyone knows each other and supports each other and works together on collective problems. So your overall vision is kind of like a, a billboard. It takes a picture of that ideal neighborhood and it gets your ideas, it, it, it articulates that vision powerfully, accurately, and quickly, okay? So the, and actually, so here's what really bothers me about having a vision. It's not um, that hard because your uh, sketch or your articulation of that picture of the future that you have, it doesn't have to be that precise, um, or it doesn't have to be linguistically uh, as as perfect as, say, a poem. It's just that you have to have it. Um, why is it so important? So that's the next question I want to talk about. A vision tells everyone in your organization, whether it's your department, I'm uh, a chair of a, an academic department, but it works for any organization or in any area 
of what's important. Um, so in any kind of collection of, of people, the vision tells everyone in that organization what matters and what doesn't. It shapes, or at least it should shape, all of the forms of communication that the people in positions of leadership in those organizations um, would engage in. And that doesn't matter. It could be a major speech. It could be the way the meeting is, a meeting is conducted. It could be a simple interpersonal interaction. But a vision rhetorically aligns your what you say with the overall goals of an organization. So without a vision, even emails are unproductive. Everything in an organization is unproductive if it's not guided by a rhetorical vision. Uh, so if I were to give a kind of, uh, uh, I remember giving a, a workshop for a tech company and there were a bunch of engineers in the room and they sent a total of 17 emails back and forth about the specifications of a screen for a smartphone. And uh, a supplier had sent them the wrong product. Uh, so they were wondering, you know, should we use it or should we ask for replacements? There was this like endless debate about the what, what the right course of action should be. But what the five engineers had forgotten or never really knew in the first place was the company had a vision. And the vision was we have an unalterable commitment to the highest quality products. So the company had a vision that quality matters most. If they had kept that vision in mind, their decision-making would have been a lot more straightforward. They could have just decided after testing that the substitute screens are the highest quality products, period. And, uh, or they could have decided that they, they didn't meet those standards. So if they didn't meet the, the standard of the highest quality project, you gotta get rid of them. If they did, you gotta keep them. The vision would have led them to the right action and would have cut down on the unnecessary back and forth. So visions sort of shape everything leaders say and do, um, regardless of whether it's running a meeting or, or giving a speech. Um, so, the, and if the other people in the organization don't know what that vision is, don't know what end they're working toward, then they're gonna engage in like 15 back and forth emails, not knowing what matters in their decision-making processes. Okay, so um, visions communicate um, about value by assigning a level of goodness to some things and, and not others. And then they allow those values to orient or guide decision and judgment. That's why visions matter. Every organization um, should have a clear vision. And those visionary statements should begin um, kind of at a Okay, so this is why I didn't. That's why it's so hard to to make this episode. So the the visionary statement doesn't have to be hyper specific or detailed, but it can't be so general or so broad um, that it doesn't make any sense. It has to to figure out a kind of middle ground, so it could latch on to some values that not everyone that does the thing that you do happens to embrace. So if you're in a leadership position, you need to develop your, your vision. And it can't be too specific, it can't be too broad. And before you speak, you have to know the guiding vision for your company, your, your division, or, or your team. That's what keeps everyone on the same page. And in fact, um, repeatedly communicating that vision avoids unnecessary and wasteful communicative interactions. If your team or if your your division or you know your company whatever doesn't have a vision, 
then you got to formulate one essentially, you know. So if you're in a leadership position and you haven't decided or haven't thought through what the future looks like for the organization that you're leading, then you have no vision. So you have to stop what you're doing, sit down and figure out what that thing looks like. Um, you, so again, you think about where you want your company, department or team to be in five months or five years or a decade or whatever. Um, and then you, you articulate your vision after that. So let's talk a little bit about how a leader would articulate a vision. Um, and then the, some communication principles to keep in mind when working with a vision. So your vision, again, has to be focused, but not so specific as to get kind of lost in the weeds and not so general. So it's got to be, I often say it's got to be focused, which is different than the kind of broad and specific dichotomy. Um, so consider, here's a, a vision statement delivered to a board of directors. It is time to rethink our business strategy and make some dramatic changes. We must bring more focus and discipline to our business. We have a strong entrepreneurial culture. We must operate with a better mix of disciplines and aggression, discipline and aggression. We must... Uh, rededicate ourselves to profitable growth and to the overall success of the firm. That's garbage. It's a terrible vision statement. It's too broad. It's meaningless. It might be an impassioned statement, but there's at least three or four different messages in there. You don't know which one is the most important. You don't know which message is going to take prior priority. The multiple messages are confusing. They're not inspiring. Um, and instead, it, like if the, the speaker had just focused in on one component of that, um, then it would have been a lot more compelling. So here's the rule of thumb. You should have a one-sentence vision statement. One-sentence vision statements are always the best. If you're in a leadership position, you should know your, what your one-sentence vision statement is. And uh, so here's a couple of keys about that vision statement. First, your one-sentence vision statement has got to be positive. Uh, we've talked about this a lot on in this podcast, but positive messages, hopeful messages are inspiring. Um, negative messages are kind of uh, are inhibitors to action. So you want to lift up your listeners. You want to make them move. Uh, you want to move them literally from negatives to positives, which is something we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, so I think one of the great corporate visions is from a company called Kinross Gold Corporation. It reads like this. Our core purpose is to lead the world in generating value through responsible mining. Okay, so... <laughs> like it's a mining company. I'm, I'm not a fan of mining companies, but that's a good vision statement. It knows what they're doing. They're doing responsible mining and they're generating value through it. Uh, it's a high ground vision. It infuses everything with kind of dignity and it creates a value by acting responsibly. Um, it has, it implies a kind of respect for local cultures, for employees and for the land being mined. Um, so it, it packs all that in and it's kind of positive and focused. Uh, so positive visions are a source of inspiration within organizations. Um, and they kind of, they get nested, I guess is the way to say it, below in larger organizations. So what happens if, if you have a big, I work for the University of Waterloo, which kind of champions itself as being, part of its vision is to be innovative and entrepreneurial. Like students, you know, develop their own businesses, and there's this kind of commitment to innovation. So the commitment to innovation um, trickles down then in all sorts of ways to smaller units within that larger larger organization. So a smaller unit might have a vision, also, 
but the vision is nested inside the larger Waterloo vision. Um, so you can, a good kind of overarching vision is able to be nested down into uh, smaller chunks and guide the articulation of smaller visions throughout the organization. Um, okay, so what else? Your vision also has to be attainable. So it's got to be focused and specific enough to be able to, for you to be able to, to do it. Um, so if, if your vision is like to become the number one North American you know, a producer of, of gas. That may be possible if you're number three, but if you don't, if you, you don't, you don't produce any gas right now, if you're like 101st, it's not an attainable vision. Um, you know, if you don't have any produce, productive, you know, gas mines, then you've got a problem. If your vision, vision isn't achievable, the people who work for you will be demoralized. They'll, you know, they won't be able to do it. It's not to say you can't kind of reach for the moon, but like it has to be attainable for the people that are acting toward it. Um, I think also your vision should reflect the scope of whoever is in a leadership position, the, that person's mandate. Um, so like, even if you're at a company, like what is your company selling or um, building? You can't have a vision that exceeds that. Uh, so if you make one set of products, let's say you make cars, and your vision is to lead the world in all modes of trans of of um, green transportation. Well, you don't even make planes or trains, you know, or motorcycles. You just make cars. So your vision has to be attainable, but it has to be within your mandate. Um, okay, so it's of no use, also, by the way, to have a clear and compelling and focused vision if you don't communicate it to people. So the other thing about your vision is it has to be repeated. So we talked about this in, on an earlier episode of this podcast that it's important. Repetition is persuasion. Well, repetition of the vision of your vision is key. So uh, you have to repeat the vision over and over again to orient people's decision-making constantly so that it's it frames their thinking all the time. So the repetition of your vision statement is essential. Um, and that's also a kind of consistent form of communication and it can direct things really powerfully if you're consistent and repetitive. Um, so you want to, again, these are the, the, the key attributes then your vision is, fo is focused, it's positive, it's attainable, it's within your, your scope and you repeat it often. You, you repeat it. The last component is that it always will have a value statement. You, you need to be able to detect the value in your vision. So, um, you know, if you have a vision of your neighborhood as um, clean and friendly, the implication is that clean and friendly are good, uh, dirty is, is bad, and unfriendly and co or cold is, is bad. So, you need to know the orientation of the kind of good, bad implications in your vision statement. So your vision statement is always going to imply that uh, kind of hierarchy of, of values and be organized around a hierarchy of values. So know what those that hierarchy of values happens to be and make sure that hierarchy of values is clear in that in, in whatever it is in your vision statement. Um, so that's what your, your vision statement would look like. 
if your vision touches a chord with lots of people, if you can communicate it clearly and repeatedly, and it, it strikes someone as um, sensible and worthwhile, people will join you in reaching your goal. Uh, no matter what our attempts to inform people are, it's our ability that to inspire that actually leads people. And sharing a vision is one of the central ways a leader inspires people to act. Because the vision gives people a bigger picture of what things can be like. And it helps people raise their hopes and expectations. That's what inspires them. And when people are inspired, they're more likely to work on something. If people are uninspired, they're not going to work on, on that thing. So this, because a vision is a kind of val a focused kind of value statement that gets repeated over and over again um, and is attainable, it's the key kind of mechanism for inspiration by or, or from someone in a leadership position. Uh, so, you know, how do you develop this if you don't like, I guess I'm, I'm saying now, this is the hard part of this episode. If you are in a position, if you're in a leadership position and you don't know what you want the future for your organization to look like, then you don't have a vision. If you know, and you can't articulate it in one or two sentences that are positive, that are value-based, that are focused, um, and that are within your scope, then you're going to create conditions of confusion. And you're going to cause people to communicate a lot about things because they don't know what they're communicating a lot about. If you know what your vision is, if it's you're able to articulate it in a sentence or two, if it's got if it's fo focused, if it's got um, uh, if it's focused and attainable and positive and got a value statement, but people don't hear it or hear it once and then go on their lives for lots of days and and don't aren't responsive to it, then people will will hear it once and it'll be great and then um, they'll sort of forget it. The best leader knows what their vision is, can articulate it in a sentence or two that's focused, attainable, positive, value-based within their scope, and then repeats it often and orients people's conversations around that vision statement. That is um, good, effective leadership, and it is often persuasive. It's not hard to do. It's just that people forget to do it. They get lost sort of in what I would call it in the weeds of whatever whatever work they're doing. They get lost in the details. And a leader's job is to keep that vision in the front of people's minds so that they know why they're working on something, what matters, and um, where they're going. And I think this is almost, um, I don't know if it's sad or or. Uh, or happy or what, but um, it almost doesn't matter what your vision is. Just having one can be persuasive. People will just automatically start to see you as a leader if you have a vision that's focused, that's attainable, that has a value, that has a value statement in it, etc. Just having one is enough sometimes to inspire people to follow you and to act in certain ways. Lots of people won't even stop and think 
critically assess the vision itself. It, and that's because people are so desperate for someone to guide them with a vision. And because so many people in leadership positions don't have any vision of, of where they're going. We're all marching into the future and we're doing it without a map. And as soon as someone gives us any kind of map, we're willing to latch onto that map and, and use it and let it guide us. I think that's what we learn uh, when we see a vision in action, whether we're critical, whether that vision's like really great one or um, you know has some holes in it or, or whatever, just having one sometimes is enough to inspire, motivate, motivate action. Okay, so if you wanna be persuasive, if you wanna be a persuasive leader, you gotta have a vision and you have to know what that vision is and, and articulate it and, and repeat it. If you have a vision, you'll inspire people to act and, and to follow you. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back shortly with uh, another new episode.